Welcome to the Insta Mama Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And, and we, we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast where we talk about everything from adoption, foster care, healthy, clean living, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Natalie. And unfortunately, Rachel is not going to be with us today because she is not feeling well, but I'm really excited because we're going to be interviewing our very first dad on the Insta Mamas podcast, and we've actually interviewed his wife, Katie. I will, Katie Beth, I will link her her episode to the show notes, but I'm really excited to interview Tyler Roberts. He is a dear friend of ours. We've known you, gosh, how long? Six, seven years now? Um... Yeah, whenever you guys moved here to the valley, I don't exactly remember when. I think it when. was like seven, almost eight years now. And um, yeah, I actually met you before your wife because you were in our small group. And just funny guy, three kids. He has an amazing story. And we're just going to talk about fatherhood today and godly fatherhood and kind of what what our society is missing and with fathers. And so I'll just have Tyler introduce himself and we'll just have a conversation today. Yeah, um, so uh, like you said, we met you guys about, I don't know, five, well, no more than that, I guess, seven or eight years ago. I know, every year. It's been a long time. More years happen. My wife, Katie Beth, and I met in high school. We grew up here in the Valley. Um, We got married young, had kids young, and um, we've just been uh, plugged in at our current church now for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years this fall. Um, we have three kids. We have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 11-year-old. So It's been so fun because I was their Sunday school teacher. Yeah. So I got to like kind of watch them grow into young teens. and. Yep. Yeah. We were out last week renting a tuxedo for Matthew for the graduation banquet they're having this weekend. Oh. So. Did you get like a little emotional or? No, I'm not that way. <laughs> <laughs> Katie would have cried the whole time. <laughs> But, oh, that's crazy. They're just growing up so fast. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do you guys do for fun as a family? <laughs> um, <laughs> fun. Um, we we do like to travel. We have Since COVID, we have been trying to do more things here in Idaho, exploring some of the cool stuff that our own state has to offer. We got to take the kids to Shoshone. Um, we went to some ice caves. Um, Where's that at? It's, it's in between here and, like, Twin Falls oh. area. My wife. Caves. Yeah, it's really cool. It actually used to be, I guess, the only place, the, the largest deposit of natural forming underground ice. Oh. This side of the Mississippi, they used to ship ice from here all the way to the coast. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the stuff you learn. <laughs> you go on, like, staycations, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. So, um, but we do like to travel with the kids. We've taken them you know, to the coast a few times, to Salt Lake. Um, on a few missions trips. We were supposed to go on a cruise in 2020 that's still been postponed because we're not ready to travel yet, but <laughs> it'll happen someday. Yeah, it'll eventually stop being postponed. But yeah. Yeah, because you, did you and uh, your oldest son go to Mexico on a mission trip, or was that... We w- well, uh, me and uh, Matthew and I went in 2017. Okay. And then Kate took Matthew and Emily this past spring break. Yeah, the kids just came back with great stories. and Yeah. Well, I, it's funny because I was thinking about our interview and the story that kind of, and this kind of transitions into your type of parenting, but 
Um, I remember we were at like a barbecue or something and one of your kids must have been like seven or eight at the time ran up to you and was like crying about something and you're like oh, that's terrible who's gonna play you in the movie <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my signature <laughs> and, statements know, to my kids <laughs> and the kids like oh yeah I guess it's not that big of a deal and they run <laughs> off and they're fine but it was before Zachary and I had had Serbian so we're like how do you have like how do you be intentional in parenting but also have this like sense of humor and like you know you're you're not gonna die from you know falling over or whatever but um yeah i'd love to start talking about um yeah we can talk about like your history your family history your testimony if you want to go into that um and maybe how that leads into parenting for you um well i i grew up in a christian home um my my parents did get divorced when i was seven um, but my mom and my stepdad raised us in the church. Um, and, uh, so I, I've been in church every day that I can remember every Sunday. I wasn't, I didn't get saved though until I was an 18. Um, I just before graduation, I, I finally decided to get myself in line and, and, and start following the Lord. Uh, Kate and I actually met in high school. Neither one of us were saved at the time. And. Excuse me. She got saved through no fault of my own. <laughs> later, was it missionary dating. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it was my mother. <laughs> hey, that's just as good. Um, Kate spent a lot of time at our house. She was uh, best friends with my sister, and um, my mom just had. My mom's like a slow burn. Like she just kind of has this way of slowly getting um, where she wants other people to be, <laughs> and so um, she managed to to live a life that that was appealing to to Kate to get her to finally change her mind and change her life and follow the Lord and um I went to uh, Bible college in Salem for a couple of years I had to change my plans for college and uh so I went to to a little unaccredited Bible college called Salem Bible College um that was started and ran by the uh the great Dr. Carly Kendrick, who was uh, the father of one of my dear friends. We're still friends to this day. Um, and so he, uh, his school and his, his uh, way of teaching the Bible really, I think, impacted me the most in terms of my understanding how the Bible applies to my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, being in college, it's very formative years. You learn a lot. You take on a lot. Living outside of my parents' home on my own doing my own thing. It was a, a fantastic experience. I know. I, I think it's great when kids stay close to home when they graduate, but then it's also like your faith gets tested. You have to become your own person when you leave home. Yeah. So yep. was Katie still, Katie Beth still, I know, you call her Kate, and everyone calls her <laughs> Katie Beth. And, and, but does, was she still here when you left for college? or where did she? Yeah, go? so she didn't graduate till the next year. Okay. And so she actually ended up going up to Portland and went to a, a college of there called Multnomah Bible College. That is where my dad went to Bible College. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Kate. That is so crazy. Kate I, went I, to school there. This is what I always find out in these interviews is <laughs> we've known you forever, and then we interview our friends, and we're like, oh, there's all this stuff. Have these connections? <laughs> because our kids are always running around interrupting us every five minutes. So. <laughs> um, but that is great. What a small connection. So you went to college and. Came back here. I ran out of money. <laughs> Came back, um, and to fix my money problems, I got married. 
<laughs> that always fixes all your problems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kate and I, um, we kind of dated off and on. We dated pretty seriously when we were both in college and decided to get married. Um, and so we got married in 2006, had a, our first child before um, we'd even had our first anniversary. We were, Kate wasn't even 21 when Matt was born. Wow. Um, and I was 21. But uh, so we've been parents for 15 years now. His. He'll be 15 on Sunday. Actually, it's his birthday, so it's, up. it's been uh, it's been a, a pretty wild ride. We've um, added two more later on, um, and then we we did move out of the state for a while, which I think was probably one of the best things that we did for our marriage was to get away um, to a place where we didn't really have any friends or family. We just kind of had to connect to each other. We weren't in a good place in our marriage at the time, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was kind of a make or break at that point and we, we worked it through between me and Kate and God, we, we managed to pull our, our marriage together, get ourselves in line and, um, fight for it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So when, after that season, is that when you moved back to Idaho and got connected to our church? Yeah. So we moved back here in 2011 about... Well, about four or five months after Jack was born, Jackson was, our youngest was born in Oregon. We moved from Port Angeles to Salem and then back to to Idaho in uh, July of 2011. And we actually started going back to my church that I grew up in Mm -hmm. for a while. And then we found Harvest and and started going there in October of 2012. Wow. Because then we came to Harvest in, I want to say, 20... 15 or something but something you guys like were one of the first families we met when we came here but oh. yeah I remember uh in fact I was talking to someone the other day about when we moved you out of your apartment in Nampa to this house mm-hmm. and I remember driving with Zach's dad and him being just totally consternated at the fact that our street names changed depending on where you're at on it <laughs> he didn't uh, understand why we couldn't just keep our street names the same <laughs> still talks about you he thinks you're so funny <laughs> he's like how's that how's that uh what's his name Ty, that uh, he'll like say some t name and be like how's he doing like tyler is like, yeah <laughs> is one yeah we today. really just had that at one time but yeah he was yeah. he was a ton of fun <laughs> oh, he's, he's a firecracker but oh well it's so fun to hear like it all laid out you know concisely because a lot of friendship with kids is like uh, hi, five minutes. What's yeah. going on? Oh my gosh, so and so broke their leg, and oh cool, we're praying for you. We brought you a meal. Gotta go. Bye. You it's know? like a telenovela. You only get a little bit of information <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> I know. And when I meet new adults, I need them to like give me their like, just give me your your story written down so I can know you. But yeah, so how does that connect? Like your your history. What is your parenting style? Would you say, and how has it changed over the years? Um, I. Am a lot more laid back in parenting than Kate is, and honestly, probably maybe more laid back than sometimes I should be. <laughs> I I very much like my kids to learn um, lessons as much naturally as they can. You know, facing natural consequences, I feel like tends to teach them more than just listening to me go on and on. Um, Kate and I decided uh, very early on that we would use opportunities in our discipline to incorporate the Bible as much as we could to apply biblical principles to the things that we were trying to get across to them. Um, and so that's something that we've always tried to do. And we do it in different ways. 
Kate is very good at um, sitting down with them and actually studying the Bible together. Mm-hmm. I typically am am constantly on the run, going and doing. I, I we kind of work opposite schedules right now. I work nights, and um, so Kate and I are, are the first half of the week. We're kind of like ships in the night. We just sort of see each other in passing. Hi, bye. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know when I'm with the kids and I'm driving around or whatever, and we'll be talking about current events or stuff that's happening with our families or our friends or the church or whatever. And I try to then take that opportunity to talk to them about, this is what the Bible says about this situation. This is how, you know, this verse that we've talked about a hundred times actually applies to our lives. Um, again, kind of more, Katie's much more academic in the way that she does the Bible studies with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I guess mine is a lot more, um, what does she call it? Like Charlotte Mason, <laughs> you know, kind of learning in life as you go. And, and I'm, Katie's very good at the, at the, you know, the, the reading and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I think I'm really good at the application and, and teaching and how to apply it. We did a whole episode about how good Katie is about teaching your kids. Oh man. Uh, Cause she's, uh, the way she does homeschool and the way she, yeah, she's, she's amazing. Academic minded, but I do appreciate how. And this is something I've stolen from your guys' parenting is you always ask questions. Yeah. Instead of just being like, and you get, you know, instead of getting mad and, and yelling at a kid and saying, oh, go to your room. You're like, why, why would you choose to do that? What's that godly? What's that sinful? How did that make your, so, and I'm always like watching guys and I'm like, oh, because <laughs> we're like at the beginning and, and you guys are, you know, doing the. We're, we're coming to the end on some of them. We're, mm-hmm. we're, uh. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that we've learned over time. And a lot of it had to do with going back to the way that we were raised mm-hmm. and picking out the parts that we liked and then replacing the parts that we wanted to do differently. And I don't want to say like better or worse. I, mm-hmm. I firmly believe that any parent that chooses to be in their child's life is doing the best that they know how to do. Yeah. And so I don't like to criticize my parents or anybody else's parents, if you're there, that's like 75% of the battle right yeah. there, you know? And um, and so, but, you know, there are things my parents did that I don't want to do with my kids and that we do differently. Mm-hmm. And not that my parents did it wrong or they were bad parents. They did the best that they knew how to do. And um, we do things differently in the way that we think it should be done. And I'm sure my kids will do differently than we did. And that's that's yeah. fine. That's like the sort of the, the progression of of raising families is that you always want your kids to be have a better, you know, foundation than you had, mm-hmm. you know. Start off further along. Well, and don't you think that our kids are growing up in a different world than you? Oh, up? man. I remember my mom saying that when I was growing up. Yeah, this country doesn't look anything like it did, you know, back when I was growing up in the 90s and 2000s, you know. This country's changed so much, and I just remember thinking, you are so old. And <laughs> And now I'm just like, what is, I don't even recognize our country anymore. It's, it has changed so drastically in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated in 2004. And so between 2004 and now, it's, it's a, it is completely different. But the thing for me that, that I try to instill in my kids and that keeps me from losing my mind is remembering that um, there is a constant in our life and it's God and it's the church. And, um, and remembering that no matter what's going on around us, there's there's a constant that we can hold. There's an anchor that we can hold on to that's going to, you know, get us through whatever it is that that's happens or what's what's coming. And I don't have to worry about it. 
That's that's a really good thing to think on because being a parent of young kids, I'm always so worried. I need to like give that worry to God, but like, what's going to happen if the world is like this or my kid? And then you think like people have raised their kids in wartime. Mm-hmm. People have raised their kids with nothing. People and and you're right. They had that constant of the Lord and the people that persevered were a lot of people that stuck close to their faith and trusted the Lord in those hard times. So, yeah, that's 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 a hard thing in in today's world. I remember being in middle school and our teacher, I think it was 6th grade, and our teacher asked us who had parents who were divorced and there was only like three kids. By the time we were in 8th grade, it was like more than half the class. Yeah. And I was like and it just I didn't realize, and you know, even my husband, when he got to college, he realized like most people had parents that were divorced. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's something our church is trying to change. Like, we want to have strong families that make it, and um, yeah, but yeah, absolutely, it's it is, you know, fifty. I think the statistics say something like fifty-two percent of marriages in America end in divorce. So more than half of them. And that statistic isn't any different within the church than it is in, you know, secular society. So there's definitely uh, something that is, uh, that needs to change in the way that, that Christians themselves, you know, approach marriage and and family. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that living in America and and having, um, you know, America being the way it is towards religion I think has made the Christian church very weak in America where we, because we haven't had to strive as, as Christians in America, we haven't had to struggle. Um, had it really easy. Yeah. Everyone accepts, Oh, you're a Christian. You're allowed to be a Christian. Right. And you know, you, you think of early, you know, the early Christian church and these people were, you know, they're being fed to lions and you know, they, there was the constant threat of death hanging over these people's heads all the time because of, of what they believed. And it's that way in other countries too. You know, they got the Middle East where the Christian church is exploding, mm-hmm. but they are more persecuted there than we are here and we're in decline. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think, I know a lot of people look at what's happening right now in America and this surge of sort of anti-Christian, anti-family sentiment, mm-hmm. and they see it as this, this horrible thing. And I see it as a, as a good thing. I'm like, you know, cause now you're seeing these people rising up that are saying that finally are saying, "Hey, no, you know this is too far. Yeah. We're gonna start, you know, it's gonna start making us decide, you know, who are we gonna follow? What are we gonna stand for?" Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the Christian Church is beginning to wake up and see that, um, you know, if if this country is gonna make it, it's gonna be on the blood, sweat, and tears of the church that has to start waking up and, and moving. And what is, like, I mean, something our church preaches a lot. What is, the the church is the family. Yeah. And the family unit needs a dad. And the dad is, like, the strong one that holds everyone together. Mm-hmm. And um, it just breaks my heart to see, you know, we do want to talk about that a little bit. I would love, um, well, a lot. <laughs> kind of end with that a little bit. But I would love to hear how, in, like you said, this this America that you probably couldn't have even imagined growing up. Like, and your parents definitely like, can't believe what our kids are exposed to on TikTok and the internet and just walking down the street. I mean, even my, my daughter's going into kindergarten. And when we walk away from the elementary school, the things that our fifth graders are talking about. Oh yeah. So inappropriate. And I'm like, you know, Whoa, why are, 
why are they being exposed to? They wear t-shirts of these shows that are adult shows. And I'm like, what, what's going on? So how do you like do that line? You don't want to just say no electronics. My kid's going to be Amish. Like that would be the easiest thing, but also like raising teens that want to choose to look at the right things. And they're, it's so tempting. We have such a, I'm tempted by my phone all the time. I'm tempted by all the moving images and, and the Instagram reels and, how do you, I guess that's a really easy question, but how do you raise teens in the love of the Lord and the love of the church? And um, I, I try, for me, it's it's more, um, you know, kind of like taking your victim as you find them, kind of a, a mentality. You know, we live in the 21st century where technology is here and it's not going away. So my options are to either shelter my children from the technology or to teach them how to use it in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. My two older kids, well, my, we have, my, my son has his own phone now. Mm -hmm. And then my other two share a phone, a a cell phone. We don't have a landline. And my, my initial reason for getting my phone was just because I didn't want their friends calling me on my cell phone. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But also because it's, it's a really good time to teach them how to use this technology that they are going to have, you know, whether I teach them how to use it or, Someone else does. And so I would rather be the one that teaches them how to use this and, and, you know, teaches them the pitfalls and the dangers and the responsibility of using it. And I am, I am horrible with my phone. I will be watching a TV show and scrolling on my phone at the same time. Mm -hmm. Our need for sensory overload is, is just crazy to me how we can do that. Um, and I, I, well, I would say I catch myself, but most of the time my wife catches me like, <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'll get this text message, put your phone away. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, um, Kirk Cameron did a really good, um, show. Um, I want to say it was called connected or something like that, but it basically talks about, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll look it up. Maybe. Yeah. It basically talks about being, um, knowledgeable about what is out there you know mm. and he i think he did a really good job of not demonizing technology because i think that a lot of times in the church that's like the go-to it's like oh you know burn the cell phones right you know social media is the devil and i don't necessarily disagree <laughs> you know that that uh, i think social media has gotten wildly out of control since yeah. since my first myspace account that i got in college <laughs> your top six but um you know, computers and the internet and and all this stuff, it's it's the way that our world is advancing forward. And so if I want to raise kids who are um, responsible and and godly in the things that they do, I have to do it in the context of the world that we live in. That's yeah. You know, because we this is this is where we live. And so mm-hmm. if I, if they are gonna one day leave my home, you know, God willing <laughs> Um, it's like you never buy a house with a basement. Right. <laughs> um, I have to make sure that they are prepared for what they're walking into. And so I can't shelter them from everything. I mean, we, you know, we do um, a lot. Kate has those kids' phones locked down. They can't access the internet. They can't access the app store. They have to ask permission to download things because they don't have the codes that they need to do it. Do you guys have like a program you use to do that? No, Kate does it. I don't know how she does it. I'll ask her and put it in the show notes. It's probably an iPhone yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, we have iPhones. Yeah. And I'm sure you can probably do it with Samsung too, mm-hmm. but I don't know how she does it. And <laughs> I just know she does. I just know that she does it. And um, so you know, we we do take steps. It's not like we have our kids unfiltered access to whatever they you know they want and just try to play, 
you know. Fortnite. Well, you know, like we we don't um, we're not reactive in it. You know, we don't like wait for them to mess up and then you know, <laughs> yeah, and then try to go in and fix the problem later. You know, we definitely try to avoid them. Um, seeing it, but then also them knowing that you can see everything. Mm-hmm. I think that keeps them accountable too, because then if something goes wrong, hopefully they'd be like, Hey, I accidentally went to this website and like right. tell you versus, yeah, that's, I think that's the thing. A lot of parents and I don't blame them. They just, I saw this as a teacher of high school students. They just put their heads in the sand. Right. They didn't want to know what their kids were doing and they just, for them, it was easier to not know than to, like, have to deal with it. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the age that we live in now where you have, you know, you, both parents have to work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a financial need now for both parents to work out of the home, be away from their kids a lot of the time. And it's overwhelming, you know, sometimes. And sometimes it, you do have this this temptation to just be like, I don't really want to spend my time that I do have with my kids worrying about these things or taking care of these problems. And so, I mean, as far as like maybe not so much putting your head in the sand as trying to make the time that you spend with your kid fun and happy because you don't get to spend as much time as you want to. But unfortunately, um, as parents, our primary job isn't to have fun with our kids. You know, what? You're not a fun dad? <laughs> I am the most fun dad. <laughs> My kids and I have tons of fun and we spend lots of time laughing and goofing off and, and doing dumb things and but you're also not afraid to be a mean dad like mean as in like actually right discipline your child yeah no and we <laughs> we do discipline the kids um you know we're moving out of out of spankings they're just getting to the age where that's just not what we're doing anymore mm-hmm. the idea of spanking my 15 year old is almost hysterical he's about as tall as i am now <laughs> yeah, you can fight that. yeah but you don't need to at this point like right. you've done all the like the young children work so that you can discipline with words and yeah with you know taking away privileges or whatever and, and the older they get the easier it is to get them to see where they're at and what um how what they're doing affects them in the long term you know they're, they're playing for keeps mm-hmm. you know 15 years old you can make decisions that will affect the rest of your life Ugh. That's so that's so hard. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're like developing their character now. You're you're mm-hmm. done doing the like basic life stuff, and then obviously you still teach them life skills or whatever. But yes, like aren't you teaching Matthew how to drive? Yep, he's gonna start driver's ed probably this fall. Oh, that and, just uh, gives me like goosebumps. Terror. Yeah. <laughs> I saw our neighbor. He's pretty good. Drive. I'm not gonna lie. We've gone out to the Idaho Center Boulevard parking lot and driven around a couple times and he's he's pretty good at it. You know, he's well, only jumped even, the curb once. <laughs> that's like a life skill. Like, okay, like, you know, if you aren't paying attention and drive over a curb, like, you might have to replace the tire and it's not like you're gonna get in trouble or, you right. know, it's more you're gonna have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, but also teaching him, you know, like along those lines, you know, yeah, you jump the curb and hit a bush, but if you're driving a car on the street, that bush could be a person. Yeah, you it's know, like serious. And so it's again, it's that that in the moment teaching them those. Are you okay? <laughs> that was my arm. I was stretching my arm and it popped. But yeah, but teaching them the yeah how this could affect your life, the why it's important to pay attention, those kinds of things. Well, and I think our, we have a really great youth group at our church, too, that oh, talks man. about relationships, and their whole thing is keep teens so busy that with positive things that they don't have time to get into trouble. So these kids are serving the Lord, they're serving in children's ministry, they're 
mowing people's lawns. They're, right. you know, and they don't have time to worry about relationship drama. If you could keep a call team relationships. Like, oh my gosh. They are even it's drama. That's for sure. Just, <laughs> yeah. And I you know, and we have a, with our kids, we, we have a, a, a stance of they're not dating right now. Wow. You know, we don't, for one, they don't really have any friends outside the church. They go to school now. They don't go to public school anymore. Yeah, um, need to talk about that a little bit. But, yeah. but they, most of their, their social life centers around the church. And so that helps because all these other parents are mostly on the same page as we are That's in that. Good. But we've, you know, we've got a lot of pushback from our, some of our friends and family about that. And I, I just ask them, was dating fun in high school? Like, I don't really know very many people who said, oh man, I wish I could go back to dating like I did in high school. You know, it was uncomfortable. It was dramatic. It was upsetting, scarring, you know? I mean, Kate and I dated in high school and even into our marriage, we had wounds from our, our dating that we had to work through, um, to find healing within our own relationship from the way that we dated each other back when we were high school and we got married, you know, like. Like, it had a happy ending. <laughs> and you've been married for over 15 years. So. Yeah, it'll be 16 years in, in August. Wow. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where people have this idea, even in the church, even in Christian families, um, of how relationships should be or how, how kids should act or what teenagers mm-hmm. can do. And, you know, when you put it down, I'm a very logic-based, practical person. And I'm like, this was not fun. It didn't make me feel better about myself. Um, it it created a lot of drama in my life that I didn't need. It put me in positions to work around relationships that I wasn't mature enough to handle or that that I needed to handle. Yeah, it you distracted know? you. Like for me, it distracted me from like grades, getting good grades. Yeah. Like I was mm-hmm. good at school, but anytime I was in a relationship, it was like I could care less about school. Right. And it's like... <laughs> It's, what is that mean girl's quote where she's like dating this guy and she's mad at him because all he cares about is his mom and his grades. <laughs> and it's like, those are really good things. Those are to, good things to be obsessed with. <laughs> but she's like mad at her boyfriend for like not like obsessing over her, but obsessing right. over, you know, and it's none of us are mature enough to have healthy relationships. And I think the world tells us and even Christian culture, like your kids are not going to know how to date to get married someday if they don't date when they're young. And it's like, well... Zachary, the first person he dated was me, and he was 20 years old. He figured it out. He figured it out, and I'm not an easy person to date sometimes, right? So, like, and my dating experience did not help us have a healthy, you know, it was the Lord and people speaking into our lives, and um, but we're just about to celebrate 10 years next month. Oh, wow. And I just can't believe it, and we've had some hard times, and just where the Lord just, but there was a, a lot of the hard times were us dealing from, like, the wounds of our past you right. know and mm-hmm. um and not saying that like god can't use that or whatever but yeah what a waste of time like, yeah you know i just think and i've i've trained my kids you know i i've been very intentional with them to say you know if you aren't if you are not independent financially of us mm-hmm. you know if you don't have a, a job or a career to support yourself you're not ready to bring somebody else into your mess you know yeah. And the same thing with my, you know, my boys and my daughter, I tell her, you know, look, if, if you are not ready to be, you know, committed to one person, then why are you going to waste your time with that? You know, you can have fun, you can go out, you can do these things without having the relationship component Mm -hmm. that is really only there to 
you know, possibly lead into marriage. I mean, that's the that's the point of, of dating is to eventually find the person that you want to marry. So why not date someone that you could actually see yourself being married to? And you're not going to know that. At 14? At 14, you know. Well, Ro- Juliet and Romeo knew. Oh, for the love. And it turned oh out great gosh. for them. Crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I love that too about our church. They don't just say separate the boys and girls until they're marrying age. Mm-hmm. They they spend a lot of time together. They are friends. They have really good boy-girl friendships. And then when they're young adults, a lot of them are still really good friends when they're young adults and they all hang out together. And then, you know, then they start to pair off sometimes and that's kind of fun to watch. And yeah, but yeah it's... Aren't you excited for your kids to pair off and get married? Um, Kate and I were talking about that just this week. I think we, we came to the realization that in about 10 years, we could be grandparents. Oh, doesn't that like, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's crazy to think about, but I think Kate and I have different, cruises every year. oh yes, we will. <laughs> Katie and I definitely have different, you know, feelings towards it. I'm excited. I, you know, I, I feel like I was born to be an uncle and a grandpa because <laughs> I love to have fun. And, and I mean, not that I don't, you know, enjoy my kids or. Or that kind of stuff. But discipline isn't something that I, as a father, I like to do. You just do it because you have to. I do it because I need to. And it's important. And because you love your kids. You yeah. Know. You know. it. Um, but grandpas just get to spoil. Yes. They don't have to do it. And I'm looking so. forward to that. But it'll come. And I'm also not like pushing for it either. You know. Like they, they have tons of time. Um, no. I love that perspective. I think. Yeah. Keeping teenagers busy and, and serving other yes. people. And making guy-girl yep. relationships not, but friendships, not relationships. It's just normal. And, yeah. you know, and you don't need all that drama to make teen life interesting or fun. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about school a little bit. I was wondering, you guys just kind of made a big school change. And what was yeah. your, your uh, I don't know, reasoning behind that? And um, public school versus private school versus homeschool. It's such a big thing in our Christian community right now. It is. And we've gone back and forth with it. Um Matthew started out kindergarten and first grade in public school, and then Katie really wanted to homeschool the kids. I was very resistant to it because when I was growing up, home, homeschool kids were weird. Yeah, you know they couldn't they they were practically you know like handicapped in society. I mean, I knew a lot of people who, um, you know, I, I remember I, I went to this this little family went to our church, and these two girls were in our youth group, and one of them decided she wanted to go to public school. And she went for two weeks and quit because because the people at the school cussed. And I just thought, well, you are not going to make it. <laughs> if you ever work at McDonald's, right? Yeah, world is going to be hard for you oh if you can't gosh. if you can't learn to be in this world. Yeah. And so I was very resistant to homeschooling. Katie um, wore me down, mm-hmm. and so we she homeschooled for a while, mm-hmm. um, and then we had a very good friend of ours at the church who started teaching at a public school uh, charter school here um, in. Uh, well, the one that we started out was in Nampa, but then they opened up one in Meridian. And um, Gem Prep Meridian, fantastic school. We loved the teachers. We loved the principal. Um, and so the kids actually went there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. I liked I mean, I, I don't have anything against the school itself. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that began to sort of appear in and sort of manifest itself in our home was this attitude of um, almost disdain for some of our our beliefs 
Um, there was a lot more attitude coming from the kids than we felt was acceptable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know that that happens when your kids are around other kids, and especially kids that are from different types of families. Um, or families that don't have any discipline. Right. Or too much discipline. Yes. Or not like loving, godly discipline. And there and there needs to be a balance. You know, the kids need to see that. And I, I don't, again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, home, with having your kids in public school. Mm-hmm. I just think that if you're going to do that, you need to, Put in the you have to put in more work to make sure that that you are the one that's steering your child and not the school and the kids and that kind of stuff. Because you have less time with your kids, right? And you, I even know because our daughter's starting in public school. Like I have to listen to these three hour long board meetings because I want to make sure that they're not sneaking some weird agenda in. Absolutely, and it's boring. Thank God it's on YouTube now, so I can like at least listen <laughs> to it without having to go to the meetings. Yeah, but you know, like. I want to know why they're spending money on certain things because mm-hmm. it's affecting my child directly and I don't want to hear later that something was implemented and I didn't know about it. Yeah. And my daughter's even more vulnerable because she has special needs and she can't communicate what's happening to her at school. But you're right. Like, I think people think that public school is the easy option. and Well, it is. It is because you don't have to pay for it and you just send it. Well, and you don't, have to, you don't have to invest into it, mm-hmm. you know? Um one of the things for me that was a very, uh, one of the big steering points for me when it came to whether or not my kids were homeschooled or went to public school was the fact that in America, um, we are like the worst when it comes to public education. Mm-hmm. We're lowest in almost every category. And, um, you know, you look at, at schools like in Europe, England, where parents actually pay for public school. Mm-hmm. And the difference in the way that those kids perform in school is tremendous but it's because those parents are financially invested in their kids' education mm-hmm. and when and you know like the bible says you know you're the the treasures of your heart you're you know hold on how's that verse go where your treasure, where your treasure is there your heart is also so yeah. where you're putting your money that's where you're gonna that's you're gonna give that attention mm-hmm. you know so if you're paying if you're paying for your kids to school then you are going to be paying attention to what they're doing you're going to be invested in making sure that they're doing this whereas public school you know, the kids, they never came home with homework. I didn't even see what they did. Mm-hmm. I never saw what they were learning or anything like that. And again, I didn't. I don't have any misgivings about the school, but we wanted to be more involved. And then yeah. when they started getting into more of the teenage years, things got very um, real very quick. You know, my daughter started, um, we found out that she was mediating a relationship between two girls mm-hmm. in her class in the fifth grade. Yeah. She had like, these... Why are they even having relationships this, Her two girlfriends were girlfriends and they were fighting and Emily was trying to get them back together and I was I was sitting here listening to my my angel my my <laughs> perfect my perfect little girl and talking about this relationship like it was good like well and like there was nothing weird about it like this wasn't I mean this girl has not missed a Sunday in her life you know what I mean like like she we raised her in church we've raised her in the Bible we've done all these things and here she was telling me about how hard she was working to keep this this same sex couple together in her fifth grade class and I'm I'm just like what have I done like where have I dropped the ball and again I don't blame the school I don't blame society because my daughter is going to live in that one day without outside of my home but my thought was, what am I? Where did I drop the ball? Where have I missed the mark in teaching my child how to interact with that kind of a world? Huh. One, I want to go back to the like it's easier, quote unquote. I'm doing mm-hmm. air quotes to send your kid to public school 
Because a lot of parents send their kid and the school does everything. Yeah. Like, that's what they expect. Like, I pay my tax dollars and so you go to school and I don't want to hear about it. And when I was a teacher, parents would be annoyed when I would call them. And I'd be like, (laughs) you're, this kid's parent, like, you are supposed to be, and they would act like they were, you know, like being... Inconvenience. Inconvenience or that I was torturing them to make them come to a a parent-teacher conference. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to be here either, lady. I'm not getting paid to be here at 5 o'clock on a Friday, okay? My parents never met a parent-teacher conference they did not want to go to. They went to every single one of them. It was the worst. I know. And they're like, what? And like, if my kid even gives you any sass, they're going to be... You know, oh, my mom gave my teachers permission to spank me when I was in school. <laughs> Which, I don't know if it's still legal, but when I was teaching, it's still legal in Idaho. I mean, no one does it. Oh my but gosh, can you imagine? Your principal technically has a legal right to spank oh. your kid. I mean, it doesn't, I don't think any school would try to. No, I doubt but, that would ever be implemented. But it's funny because they, in some of the real rural schools, they still have the paddles as a joke. Kind of, but <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, but. Yeah, that's where I'm like, you have to walk this fine line. If I'm going to, I I really wanted my daughter to go to a, a private school. It's kind of what I always imagined, which is kind of hypocritical because I was a public school teacher. But it was also one of the reasons. And mm-hmm. But I I finally had to give it to the Lord just with her special needs. A, a, a public school is more set up for kids. They have all the services set up right there in the school for them. Um, but it puts, a, as a Christian... I have to have a lot more responsibility. I'm at that mm-hmm. school every day. I'm available 24-7. I'm bringing cookies and snacks, and I'm joining the PTO. And it's a lot of stuff I don't want to do, but I'm like, I have to be involved because I don't want I don't want other people raising my kids. Right. Well, um, and one of the – we've always worked really hard at getting to know our, our kids as teachers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we would get pushback, one of the things I always say is, look, you are spending more time with my kid in the day than I am. Yeah. And I have the right to know who is spending time with my kid. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't drop my kid off at someone's house and not know who they are or what's going on. And no one would think that was weird. Like, yeah. if I took my kid to some some one of their friends' parents and I wanted to know the parents, I wanted to know what their home life was like, no one would think that was weird at all. Mm-hmm. But this other person who spends 40 plus hours a day with my kid, you know, for me to ask those kinds of questions is inappropriate and it's and I would just think no it's not it's actually what a responsible parent does a responsible parent knows who their kids are around mm-hmm. and if and it you used are to be normal for to have a, a class mom yeah like a mom that was in the classroom all the time grading papers mm-hmm. and now it's like if I want to volunteer in my child's class it's weird yeah and I'm like I have a teaching degree like I can help you and but it's like they want parents out of the classroom. It is strange. So, and I, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist kind of person. I'm going to tag your conspiracy <laughs> theories in the show <laughs> But it is, it's it's concerning to me how especially, you know, I, I think a lot of good things came out of the, the COVID pandemic. Yeah. And one of the things I think that was very exposed is how secretive schools are trying to be with our students. You know, you have these, these teachers... Um, associations and stuff that are telling teachers don't let parents in the room when your kids are learning on the via zoom or whatever and my I mean alarm bells should go off in a parent's mind when they hear that the school district is telling teachers to be secretive about what they're teaching our kids we're not talking about you know they're not training them to be FBI agents Mm -hmm. you know so what are you teaching them that has to be such a secret you know we're not the schools aren't supposed to be cults you know Mm -hmm. And so 
we had actually pulled our kids out of public school just like weeks before, you know, everything shut down and, and everything. So, um, it, it wasn't something that affected us as much, but, um, you know, the, the, just hearing these stories and seeing these things on the news and, and stuff, I, I think that that's a good thing because I think it has forced more transparency in our education system. And a lot of, of stuff is coming out about that kind of kind of thing. Well, me as a teacher, well, when I was a teacher, I was always really open. I put everything I taught, you mm-hmm. know, and if a parent had an issue with a book or whatever, I mean, I disagreed most of the time, but I respected the parents' ideas, but I never, like, let the kids get out of work. Like, right. if they weren't going to read another book, they had to read it a book in the same vein that was just mm-hmm. as hard. So it was more work for me, but I always did it. And then I always, if a parent was respectful, they could come and view my class whenever they wanted. I never had anything to hide. And my principal popped in and out all the time. And, um, you know, yeah, but you, you most taught teachers are... Podunk, though, didn't you? Yeah, I taught out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I, I mean... It's a different culture for sure versus really being is. here. Well, and a lot, of the, you, the, a lot of the parents are really involved and they yeah. donate a lot of money to different school clubs and stuff. And um, they really... And they are very respectful and kind, too. The parents that weren't respectful and kind, one lady got my cell phone number somehow and just would text me all day long. Oh, my gosh. Which was a boundary I had as a teacher. I'm like, you're not allowed to... You can call my, my teacher phone, but oh. someone had given her my phone number. I don't know how she I got it. I would lose my salvation. But I, I had to block her and stuff, and she was mad when she saw me, and I was like, you know, there's... Parents and teachers are different. I'm not your kid's parent. Right. I can't be. Especially when I was like 22 when I started teaching. I yeah. didn't know anything. So I... But yeah, I, I'm on both sides of that parent-teacher because I've seen the teacher side. I'm like, I can see how miserable parents make te- teachers mm-hmm. because they can be unrealistic and they don't know what's really going on in the classroom sometimes. But at the same time, I'm like, what we should have nothing that we're hiding from the parents. Well, and as one of the things that I've... And this is going to be really funny, but someone... If you want to listen to someone who gives a great parenting advice, Judge Judy. <laughs> yes. And it's funny, She's I... She is. She started a new show, uh-huh. a new network or whatever. But, um, you know, one of the things she says is you have to know who your kids are. Mm-hmm. And and that's important. We can't have blinders on with our kids and, and, you know, think, oh, my kid's wonderful. My kid's, how dare this this teacher or this authority say these things about my kids. You have to know who your kids are. And I know who my kids are, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we had an incident with Emily that I thought was completely unfair. Mm-hmm. And... Because it, it, she got punished for something that was an accident, mm-hmm. and I felt like the school really stepped over the line. Mm-hmm. And but because we had decided to put our kids under the authority of that school, I told Emily, even though I don't necessarily agree with what's going on, we are going to abide by what the school is doing. I understand it was an accident. You're not going to do it again. But that's because that's we decided this was what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Matthew, if, if he got in trouble at school, I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, I mean, Matthew is just more... Um, He's so smart. Yeah. That's his problem. Yes, he is He is wickedly intelligent. And yeah. so that causes its own issues. Mm-hmm. And so when someone said, well, he backtalked me, yeah, I could see it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he his brain works in such a way that he is so quick and he does, you know, get a little attitude sometimes about things. And so, you know, as a father... To be involved in my kids' life means I have to know my children. I have to know who they are. I, I have to know the kind of person they are. And 
and accept that, acknowledge it. My kid would never. No, my kid would. (laughs) I I heard that so much as a teacher, and I'd be like, well, do you need, like, we would have, like, actual videotape of the child doing something, and sometimes the parents would be like, it's just out of context. You, he wouldn't. There's something else going on. I, I would like, hear something. I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Like, no, 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 show me the video. That'll right. just make me cringe more. I believe you. But I kind of in that vein, like, how do you like the teen hormones? I remember, but I mean, I love my parents, and I think they did an amazing job with us. Rachel and I have talked about this. Well, you only have like 40 girls in your family, yeah, so well, and four of us were teenagers at the same time. I mean. Oh, I take a long drive off a short pier. Oh, my dad just spent a lot of time away away from the house, and he always had chocolate, and maybe that's why I have issues with chocolate. No, but you know when when it comes to teenagers, hormones and the drama and the it's uh, a lot of it for me is like I I try to make sure I drag my kids back into reality a lot. You know, being like, okay, look, I understand this feels like a crisis, but the truth of the matter is that that you know. The fact that your hair looks that way is not going to ruin your week. Unless what? you let it, you know. Um, <laughs> it could. I try to, you know, know, especially with Emily, um, it, the hormones, I think, in girls presents itself more in teenage girls. Not that yeah. teenage boys don't have them. It's just yeah. it presents differently. Mm-hmm. And I've always been very upfront with my with my daughter. I had three sisters growing up. Um, I'm not... I'm not the kind of dad that's like, oh, period, you know, no, don't talk to me, whatever. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> right. I go to the store and get her the stuff, and I pick yeah. up the chocolate like I'm supposed to, like I'm, you Good know. dad. And I try to make it very normal for her. Not that she has to come talk to me about it, because I can understand it's still uncomfortable, but I don't want her to feel like it's weird to talk to your dad about that kind of yeah. stuff. But, you know, when she's, you know, going through this, this hormone fluctuation that she goes through, um, I... I try to be gentle but firm and tell her, look, I understand that what you're going through is natural, but you don't get to talk to me that way just because you're going through this. You don't get to, you know, behave in this way because you're doing this kind of stuff. And so, you know, and and it's funny because I think Katie's a lot more, like, strict about it than I am even. Um, well, because she knows what it's actually like, you know. Right. It's, she knows, oh, you're just being dramatic or, oh, yeah, you need a yeah. little grace or whatever. But, you know, but we hold her to standard. Look, I, you know, this is not something that's going away. You know, you have to learn how to function in life and deal with this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew, his, his stuff is a lot different and it's a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. And, um. But don't you think people ignore boys? Yes. Because of that? Because mm-hmm. their, their behavior is easier to deal with. So they kind of ignore them and then. They have these bouts of rage or however it comes out. Yeah, you got this this acting out in ways that it's sometimes it's like, where did that come from? Oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, and um, and again, I think that has to do with knowing your children and understanding. You know, I know Matthew, and and he's so much like me when I was that age. It's insane, and he'll do something, and he'll be like, oh, I didn't da 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 da, and I'll be like, yes, you did. This is exactly what you were thinking. I know it's what you were thinking. And he's like, yeah, you know, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, you know, his, his behaviors, it's funny because Emily's is more visible and, um, abrasive (laughs) in the moment. But I found that Matthew's while, you know, in less frequent is a lot of times deeper. It's their deeper issues and, and they, they typically have been going on for a while and the things that he's dealing with, um, and 
so in a lot of ways it's a lot more of a serious matter that we have to take care of with Matthew versus Emily where you know you know once a month she's you know explosive and and irritable and because it, it's obvious yeah when, when it's explosions it's like oh duh this is oh this is serious this isn't but when, when and again quiet, you know this is know. very generalizing yeah. and I understand that not every child is the same but I think typically you know I think most parents of teens would say that with their boys it's easy to I don't want to say overlook them, but the You're okay, son. the problems aren't as apparent, and so they they don't get noticed as much because it's so subtle what's going on, um, which is why I think it's important for fathers, especially in those teen years, to be more involved in their kids' lives. Yeah, and this isn't a hundred percent, but I notice sometimes girls are kind of coddled in mm-hmm. teenage, and boys are like, "Suck it up, son. You're okay. Right. You're fine." But it's not good for either of them. Like. Just because you're, you know, having hormones, hormones, I don't want, hormones, <laughs> but just because you're hormonal doesn't mean, you know, you get to, you know, what does my mom say? You can be in pain, but you can't be a pain. Right. And it's like, yeah, you have, because you're going to go through, and you have to learn how to be kind and loving to people. But at the same time, I think it could even be swapped. We could be a little bit more compassionate with boys and mm-hmm. a little bit stronger with girls and teach them both how to be strong in their own ways. We could talk about that. I'm just going to pause the interview right there. The second half of this interview is going to be aired on our special episode for Father's Day. Um, Tyler just went into so many great topics. We didn't have time to fit it under an hour. So we have a special coming this Sunday for Father's Day to kind of wrap up our conversation. But I hope you enjoyed our first uh, father, our first man on the podcast. It was so fun interviewing him and hearing his perspective on parenting and um, just his encouragement. So um, be sure to tune in to our episode that will be airing this Sunday for Father's Day. And if you have any questions or want to ask more about the topics we talked about today, feel free to email the Instamamas at instamamas19 at gmail.com or catch us on all the socials. Uh, Insta Mamas Nat and Rach. Thanks for listening.